welcome to the Worldly Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Luke. And I'm Holly. Hello. Oh, <laughs> oh Lord. So we are super excited today to welcome Liz from the Human Leadership Studio. Liz is a very dear friend of mine who I've known for many years now. Uh, we've worked together, we've enjoyed uh, lots of cups of chai at Dishoom together, and it's really great to be able to welcome Liz to join us at the Worldly Wellbeing Podcast today. So hello, Liz. Hello, Luke and Holly. Hi, Liz. Hi. Day one of our second lockdown, so it seems quite a poignant day. Absolutely. We're starting it the right way, though, aren't we? Yes, we are entering lockdown, but at least we have good friends and the ability to talk about some really exciting things as well. Yep. So, Liz, would you like to introduce yourselves for us? Absolutely. Thank you. Delighted to be here with you both. Um, I've spent most of my career in human resources, uh, particularly in the area of leadership and development. I started life off in social services in North Tyneside in Wall's End in the 80s. And over the years, I've become a coach, coach supervisor, trained as a creative facilitator with the art gym, and now running workshops and providing consultancy to organizations, uh, typically around this whole area of well-being, compassion, kindness, leadership, and how do we all need to be in organizations going forward. You can see why I refer to Liz as Guru Liz, um, <laughs> because not only is she a very dear friend, but uh, the the wisdom that pours forth and the humility and the willingness to engage um, is is overwhelming at times. So Guru Liz seems like a, a really apt title. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's, that sounds like a, a big pair of shoes to fill, but uh, thank you for the No pressure, Liz. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. <laughs> So, Liz, I'm sure you have been studying our Worldly Wellbeing website, blogs and podcasts. As you've probably heard, we are looking into the idea of worldly well-being and what that means. So our first question is, what does well-being mean to you? That's an interesting question, isn't it? I think well-being at the moment is almost changing morning to afternoon, day by day, week by week. I'm also noticing that perhaps well-being was something that was sort of a bit out there somewhere. It was a bit sort of having a massage or drinking some tea and a bit woo-woo. And I think for me, the, the current pandemic, as dreadful as it is, has actually also provided us as human beings with an opportunity to really think about what does well-being mean for me? And, and who am I at the moment in this world of chaos and uncertainty, of loss, of economic concerns, people losing their jobs? There's a lot of social trauma in the system right now. And I think because of the context in which we're all living at the moment, I think well-being and people really taking notice about what well-being might mean for them is really very welcome. And let's not forget winters around the corner. I don't want to add a bit of more oh, gloom please. onto the situation. but No, don't, Liz. Don't <laughs> talk about winter. I've definitely not forgotten that's looming. <laughs> I am in denial. There is no winter this year. I'm going into hibernation. That's a very good idea. Um, but we'll talk about that. I'll talk about what we can do to get our winter store cupboard set up. So I'll come back mm. to that. So for me, to answer your question, well-being is about taking care of the whole of myself. And I run workshops around this, whereby we explore 
how are we taking care of our minds? So for me, that's about not being as attached to my mobile phone as I normally am. It's about limiting how much news I can cope with. It's about focusing on what's in my control and what's not in my control. Like what can I control for me, which calms my head? How am I taking care of my heart? Our hearts, our places of love, compassion, kindness, friendship, connection, creativity, joy, playfulness. How am I feeding my heart? How am I taking care of my body? Am I moving? Am I stretching? Am I standing away from my desk? Am I going for a walk? Am I watching some yoga, whatever that might be. Um, how am I taking care of my soul? What's my higher purpose? What's my work? Who am I in this world right now? And little gentle, really gentle things that I can do, that you can do to take care of your head, your heart, your body and your soul. So it's not about going, oh, I'm going to go and run a marathon next week. It might be I'm going to go and run for 10 minutes. We need to go really gently at the moment, is my feeling. I think that's really a helpful way to articulate it, because sometimes the buzzword well-being can be a little bit cryptic for people. And you touched on that, Liz, there when you kind of said it's, it, it used to be seen as a bit woo-woo. And I am often aware that sometimes when I'm talking about things, I probably sound like a bit of a a hippie like you know off doing my yoga or whatever um and i can sometimes feel my husband's eyes roll to the <laughs> back of his head but actually what you were explaining there brings it back down to an immediacy it brings it back down to me now as opposed to this the higher constructs and ideas which are part of it but actually there is much more of a presence to it in the now than perhaps has been acknowledged previously yeah yeah, I think that's true. I mean, you, the three of us are all very keen travellers, aren't we? Um, and yes. we can't. We can't, right? Well, you can, but we sort of can't right now. And therefore, I think what's happening is whilst a lot of us spend a lot of our time not in the now, we spend a lot of our times thinking about Saturday or next week or the next trip or the next whatever, this current situation is really making us stay put, sit still, stay home, and really be in the now. And that's not easy. That's not an easy place to be, especially when we're in a place when we really don't know anything anymore. It's called a liminal space. There's actually books written about this liminal space, William Bridges uh, talking about uh, transformations. And this space of not knowing is a really important space to be in. But I say that very deeply respectfully for people who are really in probably a dangerous place of not knowing right now because they can't probably move on from where they are. But it's all part of something ending and something beginning. I think a number of us at the moment have this sense that something new is wanting to emerge, but we don't actually know what it is. But now we're being asked, not only by the government, but also by the situation, to sit with now. In a way, it's quite scary to be forced to be with yourself. Mm. it's also really helpful. And I think probably a lot of us are, sounds really cheesy, but getting to know ourselves a lot more or maybe kind of learning to, again, cheesy, but learning to love ourselves. Because at the end of the day, what we're kind of seeing is the only thing we can rely on is the fact that we are who we are. And that's us, like we're with ourselves. And that's the one thing that we kind of have some control over, I suppose, is our relationship with ourselves. That's lovely. I think the only thing we can rely on is ourselves. The only thing we can control in a good way mm. 
is ourselves. We we can't we can't control. I can't make you happy. I can't make you sad. I can only control myself. Um, and yeah, and and getting to know ourselves better, and and sitting with ourselves, and noticing what's going on in ourselves. And also, I don't know about the two of you, but our emotions can kind of move very quickly from gratitude, altruism, nature, photos, the world's not so bad, to anger and sadness and grief and disillusionment. And and, and that's exhausting to keep yeah. being tossed around in that in that range of emotion. Getting to know ourselves and sitting mm. with ourselves is a challenge. I think that that volatility that you were just speaking to is is really really noticeable at the moment and kind of it's almost like a tangibleness in the air you can feel people's moods shifting in a way that perhaps british culture isn't quite used to um you know we're often quite good at putting up uh veneers or facades that kind of say everything's okay you know typical office chat where it's like oh how's your weekend good how's yours fine how have you been fine it's like well actually a lot of people right now are not good or fine and their weekends were not any different to the days before them and so those kind of facades are being chipped away slightly and that does mean there is a volatility um that that is that can be a little bit explosive and i think a lot of people don't know what to do with that and don't know don't know how to respond to these ways of feeling because they've never really been proactively encouraged to kind of tap into that before yeah very true and our opportunity for our distractions be it the gym or the pub or the bar or the walk or the restaurant or the trip when we're in this lockdown situation there are no there are fewer distractions so you might want to metaphorically run away but we're very limited and and we take ourselves with us as the buddhists would say wherever you go there you are you, you know you've got to take yourself on holiday you know you're always there <laughs> so your point luke about you know all these emotions running around and what to do with them a couple of tips i've got for this is mm-hmm. our minds love a drama our heads run with it they love it absolutely love it so a great way to stop that or to bring it into check is to say hang on a minute i'm running a story here is that true Okay, well, let's just deal with what we know to be true. And a great way of bringing us back when we do find ourselves in overwhelm is to count 10 things that you can see in front of you. It's just a great way of bringing your mind back to now rather than feeding us, feeding and fueling a story that actually isn't really helping. Sometimes it's really good to be reminded of something that's a very simple and basic thing to do. I mean, the idea of being dramatic, I am full on drama at times over the smallest things. Something simple and basic is a really good reminder. Just look around and count stuff. I like that, Liz. Yeah, or if it's all getting too much, just go up, you know, buy some nice soap, buy some soap you like, yeah. and just go and wash your hands for, a, <laughs> for 20 seconds. <laughs> just calm it all down. Otherwise, we're all running all this cortisol in our systems. But, you know, I'm sitting here acting like Mrs. Cool as a cucumber. I'm as guilty of all of this as everyone else <laughs> and uh, need to remind myself. But, yeah, checking in. What do I need? Mm. Cup of tea. I want to stand up. I want to come away from my computer. I want a biscuit. It's not too many biscuits, but, you know. I'd like um, a sensible quantity of biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> you can define quantity of biscuits. I was saying the other day to someone that, well, Underwhelm and overwhelm are quite interesting words for me. We know what underwhelm is and we know what overwhelm is, but we don't know what whelm is. 
my invitation mm. is to think about what is your level of whelm? <laughs> what is your whelm? What is your whelm? Or how whelm are you? How whelmy are you? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Perhaps if we go back to sort of, you know, April time when we were clapping for carers on a Thursday night, you know, felt to me as though that was the start of appreciation, connection, compassion, empathy. Mm. You know, thank goodness all of these healthcare professionals are and continue to put themselves on the front line for the greater good of everybody else. I mean, that is a, a fantastic example of compassion and care and kindness for everybody else. And then people demonstrating their compassion and kindness for them with the clapping. So I'd like to think looking back on that time, that was almost a pivot point of something starting to change. I do get a sense of something changing. Mm. I just got this um, little image of, you know, when you're a child and you go to a birthday party and then you get your party bag at the end and you're always like, oh, what's in here? And it's like nice things as a reminder. I'm kind of feeling like this year, at the end of it, we're going to have this party bag and it'll be really nice like in that party bag to have those really lovely things like compassion and empathy and self-care. So I kind of hope like we all leave this year or whenever this pandemic sort of calms down with a little party bag of good stuff. Mm, that's a lovely look. Holly, yeah, you just went to like this yeah. deep metaphorical yeah. place that I'm just, you know, I am blown away. I'm telling you, for someone who's had five hours sleep, it's amazing. <laughs> Where's that come from? <laughs> If we can go from party bags to winter store cupboards, because I'm really intrigued. I've got this beautiful image in my mind of a of a pantry filled with goodies. I live in a one-bed flat in London, so I definitely don't have a pantry. pantry. <laughs> um, but I've got one, I've got that image in my mind full of jars of delight. So talk to us about the winter store cupboard. Talk to us about yeah. your jars, Liz. Yeah, so it could, it could be the jars or it could be the party bag, couldn't it? It could be, I, I guess, mm. yeah. whatever works for you. I've got this lovely picture of this party bag that's sort of, you know, Christmassy green with tinsel around it with, you know, all sorts of lovely memories of, yeah, all the mem- the good memories. And, and let's, let's harvest the good stuff as well as being mm. empathetic and respectful of the, the not so good. Um, yeah, I've started thinking about the seasons. And autumn is a beautiful time, isn't it? We've got leaves changing colour. The leaves are still hanging on at the moment with the rain and the weather. But autumn, a great time for sort of um, reflection. Autumn, if we've got gardens, is a time to be pruning, cutting back, uh, pickling, preserving, taking apples off trees, yeah? Uh, Perhaps thinking about, oh, I don't want that bush in that garden anymore. I'm going to move it or I'm going to plant something different. So if we sort of, you know, go with a garden metaphor and think about it in relation to our lives and what's been going on for the last goodness knows how many months now, nine months or so, what are we clearing out? What are we pruning? What don't we need anymore? You know, have we got a drawer full of old mobile phones or adapter charges and stuff that we really don't need anymore? Let's get rid of them. In the same way that we make space in the garden, what are we making space for in our lives. So each season has some wisdom for us, I think. And mm. the danger is with autumn is we kind of get to Halloween and it's happening, isn't it? It's in the shops already and we're jumping to Christmas. My invitation is to sit with autumn and to allow that reflection and that mulching and that pickling and that slowing down 
rather than accelerating into I need to get the Christmas list done and I need to need to need to need to get the party bug sorted. So what might we put in our cupboard? So winter is around the corner. And if we imagine that we've got a, a garden shed and the garden shed can be whatever you want the garden shed to be. It might be a, you know, a shed in a tropical environment. It might be a, a shed in the Outer Hebrides, whatever you want your shed to be. And thinking about what you might put in that shed. So perhaps you might get some lovely, beautiful paper and write down some positive affirmations on it. Perhaps you might get some photographs of some lovely memories of the last nine, 10, 11 months of people, of animals, of experiences, of places, perhaps a treat in there. What are the treats that you like? What objects have you got that you want to keep a hold of that have got lovely, positive memories for you? So the idea being, as we start to fill our metaphorical shed, you might get a folder or a box, or you might want to decorate a box or create a box. And just putting in all those, all the good things that the previous seasons have brought us. So what spring and summer brought us into where we are now in autumn. So as part of that, you could you could do a little reflection looking back over the last 11 months around what made you smile. You know, there have been some good moments. It's not for most of us. It's not been all dreadful. What's made us smile? What surprised you? What gifts have the last 11 months given you? What things are you most proud of? What will you keep doing to be kind to yourself? And what and who will you cherish? So some writing, some letters, some affirmations, some pictures, some memories, knowing that they're there for you. And you can adapt your cupboard as the, uh, as the month, as the season goes on. You might want to write some letters to some people. You might want to get some closure on something. So thinking, really working with the metaphor of the garden. What am I clearing out? What am I keeping? What am I planting? What do I want my garden to look like next year? What can I be doing now to make sure I've got the garden I want for next year? I feel like you've guided us quite unintentionally, actually, over the last few minutes through a, a kind of a, a meditative, reflective process that was really, really beautiful. So I, I hope people that are listening, they might want to just kind of bookmark even that just those that, that couple of minutes as a, something they can come back to and use as a as a reflective process to kind of be guided on. And that was a real challenge for me as well in that of the don't skip autumn. Mm-hmm. Visually, I love autumn, but I'm not good with the cold and I'm not good with bad weather. I get quite grumpy and Holly spoke about being melodramatic earlier on. The weather makes me very dramatic. <laughs> So the challenge for me to be like focused on the, the, the pickling image was really um, profound for me too. I made some kimchi the other day and that's all about pickling and fermenting. And, and so that's why I had in my head when you were talking about that um, and not just immediately go, okay, it's November, it's time for Christmas. Mm. So I'm definitely guilty of that mm. one. Mm. So be, again, rooting back to being in the now mm. um, and going through that process of autumn leading into winter was, spoke very, very profoundly to me. Mm, lovely yeah that was really beautiful thanks guys it's a friend of mine that's written a book called nature's way her name is karen prentice she's uh she's one of the coaching supervisor faculty for the csa and she's written this lovely book and she says we need to experience the seasons and not to skip Mm. over them into busyness and hyperactivity and into christmas and the impact of this is colds exhaustion and burnout and and noticing what each season 
gives us because what's going on in our internal world is reflected in what's going in the external world. So the more we yeah. can be in rhythm with what the seasons are offering us, again, I think that's another way to think about supporting our well-being. The seasons are there for a purpose. Mm. We are connected to nature. I really like that. I'm sitting here feeling like inspired, but also slightly guilty because I... I say, my gosh, you know, I love summer. I feel amazing. And then I have this expectancy that as soon as it gets cold, I hate life and (laughs) that's it. And I just want to sleep until the sun comes back out in the summer. And you've really made me think about that, Liz. Actually, it's, it's not those two extremes. And every season has it has a purpose because it wouldn't be an entire year like that we wouldn't have the cycle of life and of nature if we didn't have every season yeah and if we think about trees you know they're shedding all their leaves and their roots are all going deeper and mulching Mm. and restoring and repairing so they're ready for the spring you know we're pruning stuff back in our metaphorical gardens so we're ready to come forth again in the spring so the preparation we do now feels to me quite important and even more so given what's been going on so really honoring you know what we're taking from the last nine ten months yeah so get mulching yeah well yeah I was thinking about mulching let's be honest it's not a sexy process is it? It doesn't, you know it's not like oh I really want to get my mulch on like but actually it's a really you as you just articulated Liz a really necessary thing to happen like this, mm. this organic process it is it, in in nature. It's absolutely necessary. And then I wonder, well, how much of these necessary functions as human beings have we been skipping just because we want to get to the good stuff? You know, have we skipped our own mulching? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Because we just want to get fast tracked yeah, to the yeah. good bit. And then what does that do to us in the long term? What harm does that instill in us in the long term? Yeah. And the mulching makes me think of Holly saying, you know, sitting with ourselves isn't always an easy thing to do. And the mulching is probably inviting us to sit with ourselves, you know, just that little bit longer. Certainly for myself, I think this has been a big period of reflecting on who am I and what's important to me and what are my values and who matters to me? What am I doing in the world? Yeah. We're getting getting to big questions now, Les. Big questions. (laughs) Holly's going to start shifting in a mulch right now. <laughs> <laughs> I need to I need to get off this call and start mulching. <laughs> but my invitation is to be appreciating where we've come a long way and appreciate ourselves and appreciate other people for just how far we've come. We're still here. We're still standing. The only oh. thing I would say, the reason why we need to take care of ourselves is not only because we need to take care of ourselves, because there's nobody really else to take care of us other than ourselves, is that if we don't take care of ourselves, we're not any good to anybody else. So there is a great phrase I, I take from the coaching world, which is the quality of the intervention. So the quality of what I do depends on the interior of the intervener. So the quality of the intervention, Holly's eyes are whizzing around there, the quality... <laughs> of the intervention depends on the interior of the intervener. So if I'm coming on this call all angry and distressed and upset and all over the place, whilst my intention is a positive one, because my internal state is not a good state, my impact is not going to be as good as it might be. So this internal work is so important. It's actually a really hard thing for a lot of people to to accept 
um, and they want to be g- givers and helpers and, and rescuers and uh, enablers. But actually, you can't do that long list of things if you yourself are not, uh, if you have not given back to yourself first. Absolutely. Which then sort of links beautifully into autumn, doesn't it? Around what am I harvesting? What am I conserving? What am I keeping? What is autumn giving me that's nourishing me? Liz, thank you so much for for joining us today and for sharing some of uh, your experience that has developed into that beautiful wisdom that we've Mm. heard. We'll be releasing this podcast less than a week into uh, the new lockdown here. And I think a lot of your words, Liz, are coming at perfect timing for a lot of us thank you so yeah go slowly go gently and go well and get mulching and get mulching (laughs) so that was our rather wonderful conversation with liz luke takeaways thoughts i mentioned this in the interview i think that reflective process of exploring the importance of autumn and not skipping that season but really delving in deeper into that and sitting in the season as opposed to wanting to jump ahead to the exciting flashiness of Christmas was particularly relevant to me. So you're not being swayed by shiny baubles? I'm always swayed by shiny baubles. Aren't we all? I think there's something really significant about um, that, that mulching process, that really graphic kind of analogy that Liz used. And I think that's really powerful and something that I'm going to take away and reflect on further. And it was really nice to have some actual practical advice, like count things in the room, stand up, sit down. It's crazy how sometimes you just need to be reminded of something really simple like that. So I guess until next week, you and I are going to be mulching, counting, standing up, sitting down, just general delights like that. It sounds a little bit like we're going to be doing the hokey cokey, Which I'm also on board with. We are looking forward to coming back and joining you next week. In the meantime, you can stay in touch by checking out the Wildly Wellbeing website, www.wildlywellbeing.org, and also by finding us on social media. Holly is on Instagram with... Rome Away From Home blog. And Luke is on Instagram with... Locomotion Luca. Okay, we will see you next week. Peace and love. Ciao, ciao, ta Namaste. Bye.